You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I am Kenny Ortiz, and this is Theology for the Rest of Us, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis known as Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Twin Cities region. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to this episode of the podcast. So glad to have you. I have such an incredible, loyal fan base, so thank you so much uh, for being a part. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. This is episode 251, and I'm going to be diving back into my mini-series on all things related to creation. I've already done a few episodes uh, on some topics related to the origin of species, uh, you know, the, the age of the universe, the age of the earth, uh, creation, things of that. I'm going to do several more episodes related to uh, those sorts of questions and subtopics, and then I'm going to dive into a few episodes specifically on some of the ways to interpret Genesis chapter 1. Uh, but in this episode, I want to take time out and specifically dive into a, a topic that has become a little bit contentious in certain academic circles. It's not necessarily a mainstream debate as much as it's more of a academic debate amongst certain Christian academic types um, in different, you know, different regions. And I think it's important because I think this has the potential to very quickly become a more mainstream debate. And so I think it's important for Christians to tackle this question and to answer it uh, thoroughly. And the question is, was Adam a real person? Or, or is he just a metaphor for humanity? Was he a, an archetype? Um, or was he a, an actual human being that actually existed, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago? Uh, before I dive into the content, I just want to give a quick reminder to the importance of reviews and ratings. If you've been listening to this podcast and it's been helpful to you or a blessing to you, can you do me a huge, huge favor? Head on over to whatever directory or podcast player you're using. Leave a five-star rating and a great review. Tell the world you love the podcast. Those are a big, big help to the show. In essence, they help us reach more people, especially if you're using the Apple podcast player or iTunes. If you could leave us a great rating and a great review, that would be a big, big help. Okay, let's dive into the content. Let's answer the question. Was Adam a real person? The answer is yes, absolutely. Adam was a real person. He's not just an archetype. He's not just a metaphor. He, he isn't some sort of allegorical figure. No, Adam was a real person. I'm going to give you the reasons why I believe that to be absolute truth. And then I'm going to give you the reasons why it matters uh, both to the essence of the gospel and why it then you know, it matters to those of us who are modern day Christians. Uh, number one, number one reason why I know that Adam was a real person is, as I read through the book of Genesis, he is treated like a historical figure. He is not spoken about in an allegorical way at any point. Even if there are elements of Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two that may be poetic or allegorical, and even if there are figures of speech or things that are fuzzy and unclear, as I've referred to in previous episodes, whenever we're talking about Adam, it is actually not unclear. When we look at Genesis chapter one and at Genesis chapter two, 
Adam is spoken about as an actual human. He's presented as a person. Adam and Eve are presented as pu- as people that had a relationship with one another and, and as people that communed with God. And then as we travel through the book of Genesis, we come to the genealogies that give us this very clear understanding that the entire human race is descended from Adam. These genealogies uh, seemingly are designed to give us kind of the thread of history, the, the strand of history, so to speak, from Adam all the way down to the different biblical characters that we find in the book of Genesis and throughout the Old Testament, and then, of course, all the way into the New Testament. Now, I will say this. It is not clear if there are gaps in the genealogies. I do think it is possible as you study the Hebrew text, that it is possible that the genealogies skip people. However, the individuals in the genealogy to me don't seem to be archetypes or metaphors. They seem very clearly to me to be historical people, actual people that that lived on planet Earth, just like you and I. The The genealogies may have skipped generations, but I don't think it gives us any inclination or anything that would cause us to believe that these were not actual people. And of course, genealogies are not merely in the Old Testament. We also see them in the New Testament, in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. In Luke's genealogy, in Luke chapter 3, he goes all the way back to Adam. He wants to show that Jesus is a descendant of our common ancestor, Adam. And he clearly treats Adam in Luke 3 as a historical figure. Um, Jesus refers to Adam as a historical figure, as an actual person. In Matthew 19, Jesus talks about Adam and Eve being married. Like He's talking about marriage and he's relating back to the Garden of Eden. Jesus clearly speaks of this man, Adam, as being a historical figure. You can read about that again in Matthew chapter 19. In the book of Jude, Jude is speaking about this man named Enoch, and he is talking about how Enoch is a descendant of Adam. And he is, again, referring to Adam as a historical figure. Like Over and over again throughout the scriptures, Adam is being treated as a historical figure. Finally, we get to the Apostle Paul and how he dealt with Adam, or, or how he referred to Adam. The Apostle Paul speaks of Adam on three different occasions in his writings. And in his writings, it is absolutely clear that the Apostle Paul wanted us to believe that Adam was a literal person. There's nothing about Paul that would lead us to believe that he thought Adam was not an actual person. And there are some people out there, some progressive Christians out there today that would say, well, you know, Paul was just misinformed. You can still take his writing and his truths, and you know, you know still recognizing that he was simply misinformed about Adam not being an actual person. Um, but the reality is when you actually study what Paul is saying, that, 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 that argument falls apart very quickly. You cannot embrace Paul's teachings about Adam without tying it to Paul's understanding that Adam was a literal person. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul talks about Adam, and he does, he does it again in 1 Timothy 2, speaks about Adam. But the most poignant time he speaks about Adam in the way that seems most relevant to us is in Romans chapter 5. The Apostle Paul makes very clear that there was an actual man named Adam at some point in history, 
and that all of us are descendants from this one man, Adam, and that Adam sinned and he was plagued by by sin all the days of his life after he chose to rebel against God, and that all of his, his descendants are plagued by the same thing. The very moment that Adam and Eve choose to sin and rebel against God, instantly they are plagued by this spiritual disease that we call sin. And along with this plague comes all the tragedy and calamity, all of the heartbreak, all of the problems and brokenness and suffering of this world come flooding in and and ultimately all of creation is now under this curse because of the sin of Adam. All of the bad junk and crap that happens on planet earth, all of the the plagues and diseases, all of the, the, the brokenness with creation, the natural disasters, everything that you can think of that is broken within the creation realm in which we exist started because of the sin of Adam. God created everything good and then we corrupted it and we screwed it up because of our sin. We as humans, it started with Adam And then every single one of us, all humans ever since, we have all chosen to follow in Adam's footsteps. We have all chosen to rebel against God. We've all chosen to sin. And therefore, we bring upon ourselves, we as humanity, we bring upon ourselves all the calamity and tragedy that we face in this life on a daily basis. All the brokenness in this world is because of Adam. And every single person that is descendant from Adam suffers from this plague of sin. All of us are plagued by it and all of us are guilty of sin because we are all in Adam, the physical person. We all were, we were in Adam and we are descendants of Adam. Now, the Apostle Paul in Romans 5 says, just like that physical man, Adam, brought forth sin to all the peoples of the world, there is now a second Adam. Just as Adam made a choice that impacted the human race, all peoples, in the same way, there will be a second Adam. There will be another man who would who would, who would intervene in the human story, and he would make a choice. He would do something that would impact the whole human race, all peoples, just like Adam made a choice that impacted the entire human race. This second Adam would make a choice that would impact the entire human race. And the Apostle Paul makes the argument that Jesus is the second Adam. See, just like Adam made a decision that impacted the whole of the human race, Jesus likewise makes a decision that impacts the whole of the human race. Jesus makes a choice to die on the cross, and that choice to die in our place now impacts the whole of the human race. All people groups of the world now can be redeemed and transformed because of the actions of the second Adam. Now, if Adam was not a literal, actual person, it begins to undo the argument very quickly. If Adam was just sort of this metaphor for humanity in general, you can't make the argument that just as one person impacted the whole, then this second Adam, this one person can impact the whole. If Adam was not a literal person, a real person, then the Apostle Paul's argument in Romans 5 instantly becomes 
terribly inconsistent. As I look at how the New Testament handles Adam, it just feels to me like the most consistent opinion uh, is to believe that Adam was indeed a, a literal person who lived on this planet just like you and I. And Adam chose to sin, and his sin impacted all the peoples of the world. Every people group on planet Earth is impacted by his choice, and all of us have chosen to follow in his footsteps. All of us are impacted by this spiritual disease called sin. All of us have brokenness in our lives, and all of us are guilty of sin. And in the same way as Adam made a choice that impacted the whole of the human race, there was a second Adam who made a choice that also impacted the whole of the human race. And we can be confident in this. Just as we are confident that Adam's sin impacted all humans, we can be just as confident that Christ made a choice. The second Adam made a choice that also impacts the whole of the human race. Christ chose to die on a cross. God incarnate steps into the human story, dies in our place, dies on a cross, and raises from the dead. And he, through that choice, now makes an offer to humanity. Believe in Jesus. Put all your faith and trust in Christ and in Christ alone, and you can be forgiven of your sin, and you can be reconciled back unto God. You can have friendship with God and commune with God and have a perfect, vibrant love affair with God, just like Adam did before he sinned back in the Garden of Eden. We can have communion with God again in this life and then for all of eternity. We can glorify him and enjoy him for all of eternity. All humans are impacted by this. Just like Adam made a choice that impacted all humans, the second Adam made a choice that impacted all humans. The second Adam, his name is Jesus. Put your trust in him and he can transform your life and your eternity. That, my friends, is a truth worth fighting for. Can I get an amen? Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. So glad to have you. I hope this has been helpful and insightful. If you have a question or topic that you want me to address on a future episode of the podcast, shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. The email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Also, if you know someone that you think would be a great interview guest, I'd also love to hear from you. Shoot me an email to that same address. Also, you can connect with me on Twitter. I love the tweet. Connect with me there. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.